0: I'm Amy, and you're listening to the Creativity Matters Podcast. Today on the Creativity Matters Podcast, loosening up, battling against that, oh, really tight, get it all right, make it all totally perfect and polished mindset. Here we go. You're listening to the CMP, a Creativity Matters Podcast. Stories of creative journey and a reminder that creativity matters in whatever form it takes for you. Hello everyone. Welcome to the Creativity Matters Podcast. I'm Amy and this is episode 467. Loose. Keep loose. Loose goose. Loosen up. This show has been weeks in the making, which is not loose at all. Weeks in the thinking, which is not loose enough. I identified this strong awareness for myself that I've gotten sort of tight, sort of tight, maybe really tight in my art and in my art making and that I needed to find my way back to loose, to something looser, to a looser mindset and to an appreciation and an ability to accept everything that loose entails. Flipping through some old journals played a role in my thinking, but I think those journals mostly corroborated something that I was already feeling and had been chewing on, so to speak, for a while regarding tight versus loose. And it made me start second guessing the way my current illustrated journal has evolved, continues to evolve, is evolving, made me keenly aware of some foundations that I've lost or that have crumbled or gotten swept under the rug or pushed just out of sight into those margins. It made me miss some things. And I kept wondering how I have gotten so far away from what I consider some guiding principles for myself and what I consider the work that I do and that I'm interested in doing. And I tried to sort out how to talk about it and how to explain how to do what I do here, how to talk about it on the podcast, how to look at your work and puzzle out whether you need to step back, stretch a bit, turn things upside down, how to encourage you to embrace a quality of Looseness at times, not always, but this balance, this sense of looseness and what that means, what it signifies, what role it plays in our creative lives and habits and the attitude with which we approach our art. Looseness might not be completely literal, It might have more to do with self-acceptance and letting go of expectations than how tightly you are actually gripping your writing tool or drawing utensil or painting stick. But as I got ready to record last week, I felt a bit flummoxed. I'd thought myself in circles and maybe into a corner, and I wasn't even sure that that's where I wanted to be or needed to be, I felt like I had just circled around and ended up somewhere that I was no longer sure of. I wasn't sure I was on the right track, sorting things out for myself even. And I'm okay with changing my mind. I really am. I'm totally okay with contradicting myself. I do it all the time. There are always so many ways to talk about and interpret something that we often shift back and forth. We wind around, we say it a little bit differently and maybe mean something just a little bit differently. But there are all these angles, these different perspectives and lenses on what we're doing and why and how we think about it. Sometimes we do, we just shift and wind around and end up in a different place. But when all was said and done last week, I felt like what I was saying about what I needed and wanted, I wasn't sure I wanted because I felt like I had ended up saying, well, I really need to do this. And it kind of meant not doing those other things. And I was doing those other things and looking at them and thinking, wait a minute, I I don't like that. I don't like that idea. I don't like telling myself that there's this new stipulation that will mean that I have to give up something that I don't want to give up. But yeah, sure, I want all of it, and I want both. So I had to really just sort of sit with it. I had to sit with it. I thought I had a clear sense of how I needed to loosen up and why, but how that would play with or mess with what I was doing, which I really like, you know, it got me a little, like I said, flummoxed so I put the show on pause. And that is really a sign of not being very loose. I should have just sat here and, you know, talked about it. But I don't do that. I wait until I'm really ready to sort of talk about it in a pretty smooth and somewhat, I think, articulate way. Not super loose. So I let it sit another week. I let another week in my journal unfold. I worked in some additional things in my illustrated journal with the intention of pushing a little bit at these edges and reclaiming something that for me really depends on my willingness to be loose, to be less critical, to ignore any worry or concern or thought or awareness of who might be looking. And to put aside my own expectations that can sadly hamper rather than help our creativity. It's one of those things where even if it's something you want to do most, if you sort of know that you can do something else and it's going to probably look more finished, you might do that something else instead of the other thing if you let yourself get in the way. And if you let your sense of this external audience get in the way you have to go back to your why why you're doing it to begin with so the things that i was pushing aside those are important and they used to be sort of my really core one thing and my one thing has sort of grown and morphed and expanded in good ways but that one thing that is somehow most important is getting lost. It's not like I forgot, and it's not like it's no longer so important to me, but it kind of gets pushed aside. And instead, I do the things that maybe I can pull off a little bit better somehow. So a week passed, another week of no show being recorded. And if I was looser, like I said, I think there would have been a show. This all goes together in my thinking about why does it take me so long to get here now? If I was looser, there would have been a show and there probably would have been another show and even another. In the last few weeks, I have sat in on a few things, groups, conferences. I've listened to a bunch of different podcasts, trying to find some new things to listen to. I've watched a lot of videos. I've been struck over and over by a simple fact. Not everything runs perfectly or is perfectly planned, or is flawlessly pulled off. And as a world, we accept this. We go on. People embrace the moment, the here I am, or the this is what I did. This is how it went. The oops, this isn't the way it's supposed to have happened right this second, but technical difficulties happen. Not everyone is supremely articulate. People stumble. People trip. They mess up. They make mistakes. People share things that are unfinished. People show up with their real world rooms and backdrops and spaces and clutter. And it's just all okay. Everybody's just okay. Why is all of this eye-opening? Not necessarily eye-opening, but I look sometimes and I think, why can't I just loosen up? Why do I think that there are all these expectations? Some of you probably know that feeling. So all of a sudden I started realizing that outside of what I see on Instagram, especially people show up and just let things hang out. I think we're losing sight of that on Instagram. I spend a lot of time trying to get things right in the things that I do, the things that I run, the things that I organize, I have certain things I do for the groups I run and certain things I put out every week, like the prompts, and I try to do them on time and somehow meeting my own expectations, my own level of expectations. I don't like to make mistakes. Sometimes I do a little typo here, typo there, but I try not to be late. I try not to miss those things. I try to make sure that if I intend to show up with something, I do. Sometimes I deliberately don't show up with something, but, you know, I don't miss a Sunday coffee. I spend a lot of time trying to make sure I do it all right, and I'm always gradually adding more and more things that I do, different things that I put out or ways I try to show up or ways I try to support and encourage all of you and other people. A lot of time trying to get things right, trying to be prepared, trying to be organized about it, trying to be polished. I got the book group wrong, the wrong day, the discussion for the July book, and I felt so bad about it. But I totally didn't even realize until the night that I had posted the discussion a week early. And really, it shouldn't have bothered me. It was a mistake, and I owned up to it as soon as I saw it. Those things happened. But I spend a lot of time trying to make sure they don't happen, trying to have my ducks in a row. I don't think this is just about being a perfectionist or not. That's not a term at this point in my life and existence that I really use often. At one point, it probably was more accurate. I don't think it really is now. But it comes up in this kind of discussion. Some of you who are Enneagram people probably are thinking, oh, yeah, this is a certain type. I don't actually even think my type matches any of this, so that's always confusing. But I do wonder, how did things get so tight? It's almost funny, maybe ironic, to have ended up in this moment because I've simplified so much of my creative life down to just one thing, just this one thing. And, you know, I have a couple of little other things that I try to tag along on the fringes and I don't always keep up with them very well. I don't always succeed. But this one thing, it's my thing. And I've done that because it's sort of like wearing the one dress or using the one coffee mug or eating the same thing for dinner most nights. Somehow it has really been helpful for me to focus I feel less scattered yeah I like to do all these other things and I do keep some other kinds of things like the stitching or knitting you know those run along a little bit on the side but in terms of things like drawing or painting or doing collage in that space I have this one thing and it has helped me balance my creative life not everyone answers that question the same way for themselves. But for me, it's been this natural process of getting to this point where I know that there's this one thing that I really am going to give my attention to, and it's something that I will do every day. It doesn't mean that there aren't other things I still like to do, still have a whole cabinet of stuff I can't make myself get rid of because someday, someday I still hope to manage to do some of these other things too. But right now, one thing. And that helps me feel more balanced and less scattered, more mindful, more productive, and overall just more zen about my creative life. So how did things get so tight? How did I reach a point where there are several approaches, even within this just one thing, that have been at odds with one another? And I didn't even realize this little turf battle was happening. It was pretty subtle. It was pretty subtle. But a quick flip backwards through some journals, it tells a story. So I've been going back and forth with myself a bit. I'm going to fill in a little bit here what I've noticed. And a lot of what I would have said last week, I think still really is going to stand up exactly the way it would have. But my own sense of it is much more coherent now. So I don't feel like I'm going to be saying something that's really, 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 really not true to how I feel about what I'm doing. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that and what I noticed. And then I'm going to give you a set of suggestions at the end for things to try if you are feeling a little bit tight in your journaling or drawing or sketchbook process, or if you feel like you need to loosen up. And you might see yourself in either one of those descriptions. They're the same thing, but maybe one has more resonance for you than the other. Sometimes feeling tight can mean that you stare at a blank page and you just don't know what to do. Sometimes it's that. Other times you don't let yourself do certain kinds of things on your pages or in your journal or your sketchbook because it might feel outside the bounds somehow. Or might feel messy, or might feel less polished, or something that you are less experienced with. And sometimes those are exactly the things you need to do or really want to do. Have you ever noticed that you go through cycles of loose and tight periods during which you are either all flow or are tripping all over yourself? Times when you are in your own way. There are pros and cons to both approaches. It's not like you should just be loose or just be tight. There's probably a middle ground. Times when you need to be precise and controlled, conscientious with your lines and marks and space. But there's something to be said for spaces and projects and prompts that encourage you to loosen up break the rules, tune out other voices, make a mess, stop worrying about the end result, just get things out. Everything, all of it, whatever it is, too much or just enough. Because just enough is also good. By loose, I'm not talking specifically about differences in abstract, and gestural style, and something more representational. It's not really that. That's not really what this is about. In some ways, this is a concrete discussion. Yes, there are things we can look at that are very loose, and things that are not. But in other ways, it's symbolic, this feeling of loosening up, versus this feeling of being really tightly controlled about how you're approaching the page really, really tightly controlled. On some ways, sure, on the concrete level, maybe it's the difference in a sketch and a finished drawing, or the difference in a rough sketch of a scene compared to one completely filled in and fleshed out. You might think of the difference between storyboard scenes and how things turn out in a final product, The difference in finished and not finished, in formal and informal, in something overly tidy versus something free-flowing, bordering on messy, in something that might be a rough draft versus a final cut. But loose doesn't have to just mean rough draft. Loose can be a final state in and of itself. It can be something that doesn't have to be redone later, something that was never intended to be done later something that was loose and done so with full intentionality. Loose in a way that is unapologetically loose, that knows it's loose and that is fine with the fact that it's loose because it offers you something, something that either you don't have time to do a different way or you don't have the experience to do a different way. You don't yet have the skill set to do a different way. But by doing it loose, you get it out and you get it down and you learn and you grow. It's hard to give words to all of these states because some of them feel almost instantly pejorative. They feel negative, as if one state is concretely better than the other. And that's really not it, because I am not saying feeling tight is the best thing, and I'm not saying feeling loose is the best thing. I'm actually saying we need to invite, embrace, and appreciate the quality of loose. And that can be harder than it sounds but I think most of us get caught up in that tightness. Some of us are more naturally loose and some of us are more naturally tight and precise in our mindset and how we approach making art in our own self-discipline and how all of that translates to the page and to our creative habit and the routines we have around making art. We all have natural patterns and areas of flow Some of those might be loose and some of those might be tight. But I do think many of us get caught up in cycles where we are too tight and too constrained, too cramped, too prone to overthinking it, where we have too many voices in our heads about how things should work or what someone might say or what we can and can't put on a page or put in public, what we do and don't know how to draw. We have so many voices in our heads so many critical voices. We probably have far more critical voices than cheerleader voices in our heads. And it can start to feel pretty cramped in there. And that can lead us to feel cramped on the page, really tight. It can lead to not knowing what to draw or worrying too much about the drawing itself or not drawing the things that we want to draw, staying safe. I was drawing a scene the other day. It was part of a group that I was sitting in on. And to do what I needed to do, I needed three things, none of which are strengths of mine. So I needed a full body cartoon person, which I can do, but it's definitely not a strength. And I needed a walker and a car positioned next to the woman with the walker. It was pretty clear what needed to be in this box that I was doing. The person I can tackle, yes, as long as I just ignore whatever happens with the arms. The walker, I tried. So I did it. I drew this whole scene. The walker, I tried. And even later, I look at it and I know it's not right. I know I could look up how to do it and how to fix it. And maybe it's an icon I'll practice for the future. But right now, even though it's not right, I know when I look at it, what it represents. It's clear enough what it's supposed to be, even though it's not right. I know what it means, and most other people would too. The car, though, it's not even there. There's like a spot that says, the car. I have no idea how to put that into that space. I tried, and I couldn't figure it out. I just couldn't figure it out. These are the points at which my spatial abilities somehow just Break down. I can't figure it out. How to get the sense of the person standing there next to a car and waiting on a car in front of her. Yeah. No, I did it though. I filled in this box and I left that space and it's okay. It's loose. And I'm glad I did the two panels that go with it too, that explain the next part, which was what was important. And I'm glad. And it's loose. And it doesn't fit with everything else that I share and show. It doesn't look finished. It doesn't look the same. And that's what I've lost, is my ability to just say, hey, yeah, I did this. I can think back to the graphic novel panels I did, even of the trips we would take to Oregon. And it's been many, many, many years now since we had those vacations. But I did cartoon panels to go along with all of them. And I probably had the same doubts and the same problems that I do now in terms of spatial whatever, but I did them anyway. And I just accepted that that was sort of me trying to get a story down on a page and that I would get better. So how did I get so tight now? That is what I've lost. It's one of the things that I most expected to really develop in my illustrated journal process. And it's one of the things that I have sort of lost touch with. I think that car represented just by a blob of space and that walker, which I know isn't right. It has a lot to do with what's happened and with why I don't do those things as much anymore. And so how did I get there? How did I let myself get my own way this way? I've gotten tighter and tighter and farther and farther away from embracing the looseness that I need to capture some of that, some of what I want to capture, but I'm not totally sure how. And it's almost the kind of thing you can't really practice unless you're doing it. So you have to just go ahead and do the one that you don't know how to do. And hopefully that will help you build skills for the next time. And the next thing, do you ever feel like you get tight because you want everything to look all pulled together in the end? Step back a second. Who are you drawing for? Why are you drawing? What matters more, getting down the story or the note or the awesome or crazy thing that happened or that you saw or that you heard, or only getting down something you can precisely capture from a photo or by pulling a jar of jam from the fridge or a flower from the garden. Honing in on the sketchbook world itself, not the world of paintings or finished drawings or businesses if you're doing it for a business, just the sketchbook world or for me the illustrated journal world stepping into the room that is the sketchbook world. It's a more private world. And it's a world that should be an invitation. We should feel welcome to just unfurl in that space and relax and stretch, stretch our creative selves and capture whatever it is. Not only the things we think we do reasonably well. I hope you look for the loose. I hope you don't get caught up in your head or in some sense that your sketchbook pages need to meet some finished art ideal. There are lots and lots of examples of this. We know what it looks like. We know what the finished look looks like. We're shown it all the time. We're shown that that is what pages should look like. And really, I'm finding that I'm really comfortable with people who have a slightly different sensibility. But I have somehow just been overlooking that. I wonder sometimes if we hamper ourselves, maybe we overlook how that finished ideal feeds into our work, into our mindset when we sit down to journal or to record our day, into how we think about the art we are creating or want to create. I think for some people, it makes them never even want to start because they know they won't start at that point. I wonder sometimes if we hamper ourselves by getting so caught up by what we think the page needs to do or how it needs to look or how polished it should be. Our sketchbooks should be a place where we can accommodate whatever happens, whatever spills out of us, whatever we're trying to wrangle into shape in our art, whatever maybe that we're wanting to practice Especially our illustrated journal or art journal pages, they have the power and potential to be spaces where we can let loose. Experiment on the page, not worry if things don't turn out quite as we expect or look exactly like what we intended. But it always feels like this catch-22. If your sketchbook page or your journal page is your art, how finished does it have to feel? it can be hard to keep ourselves in that loose, anything goes mindset. Hard to quiet the chatter, to value the showing up, to even value the loosening up and just see what happens. Sometimes the farther and farther you get from the looseness, which might even mean the farther and farther you get from your starting point, the harder it is to go there, to go to that place, to reach into that space to open up and loosen up and do something that can escape the tightness. If you've ever looked at sketchbook examples where people do series of thumbnails before settling in on a larger work, you know that these thumbnails can be rough and sketchy, sometimes quick lines, rough drawings to explore form and perspective and composition and framing what is going to make it into a frame, what the focus will be. There can be such beauty in those thumbnails though. And beauty in the looseness they invite and in what they capture in a much quicker format. All the stuff that would be lost if only one thing got drawn. Thumbnails don't have to be a precursor. They might be. Maybe you pull one out to expand, but the thumbnails themselves, they have an energy, a rawness. Sometimes they are rough, quick, loose loose you know it when you see it this quality of loose but i think we easily get caught up in thinking that everything should be more refined cleaned up finished tidy i'm guilty of it i'm guilty of perpetuating it even and yet i really know that i need the loose i think sometimes we all need the loose and we may not even realize it and how damaging it can be to be so tight all the time. The pendulum may shift really slowly and we don't even realize that there is a balancing, a rebalancing, and maybe at points a real imbalance. We may have all kinds of reasons for the ways in which we work in small spaces or in very precise boxes. Boxes are good, so are small spaces and big ones and ones in between. So what is this loose versus tight again? Maybe it's a bit ineffable, something that you feel, that you know in your heart. Maybe when you look at the page and you think how you're feeling in that moment, maybe you know that part of whatever you're feeling is partly because you're a little bit too tight. You're too tight about what you're expecting and what you think you have to do and what you're afraid of doing. And maybe if you could find a way to just loosen up, you would find more flow. You would enjoy it more. You might be more productive. You might be happier with what happens. Ultimately, you'd probably grow more quickly. Loose might just be something you feel. Maybe you feel you do things a certain way because mark making specifically can and is a form of mindfulness. And that's a really good reason and a really good approach. And I think That has had a lot to do with where I've ended up in some ways. For me, that kind of fill-in and line work, it is very slow and it's very methodical. It is at its core very precise. It doesn't have to meet any ideal, but it's often very slow for me and very mindful. It's very rhythmic. It's repetitive. It's very balance oriented. But mark making doesn't automatically rule out a looser approach overall. It's easy to see how your story might be tied up in precision, partly because slowing down and being mindful, focusing on filling space, it helps you breathe, it helps you calm down, it helps you focus, all of that. And all of that's really good, really important, can be really, really helpful, and can be amazingly beneficial for your self-care. So don't lose that. But it doesn't have to be an either or. I think there's a point at which the scales can balance. There's room in the sketchbook for more finished pieces or for more meditative kinds of line work. There's room for small vignettes that are fully illustrated, portraits that are complete, quotes that are beautifully lettered. But those things, I think there has to be a way for them to coexist with the scrawl or with rough work or with thumbnails, or with pencil, with things that have a lot more energy and maybe a lot less perfection and a lot less polish, with things that are more wonky or more random, with doodles, wonky contours, graphic novel panels that you know don't quite look right. The sketchbook is mythical in the ways that it can hold anything, and everything. But can we really balance a really rough sketchbook and one that is simultaneously more finished? That's the question. That's the challenge. I think the answer has to be yes. I hope the answer doesn't have to be, sure, do the rough stuff on one page and then do the good stuff on the other page that you hope to show. And see, I know that then I just don't do the rough stuff. So I hope that's not the only answer. And I'm really trying to force myself to reclaim this quality of looseness. And there are some certain things I do that I know are loosening things and go ahead and juxtapose those things with the things that I know are tighter. Sometimes being loose just means being okay with not finishing. And I do that intentionally. A lot of times with portraits, I'll ink part of it and not the rest because I'm constantly trying to remind myself that it's okay to not finish it. It's a sketchbook. It's a journal. It's not wall art. Do you need to be loose? What would loose look like for you? I'm not suggesting that you just focus on making a mess. And especially if that's a negative word for you. It doesn't have to be a negative word. You don't have to make a mess to be loose. But we do need to embrace somehow a quality of messy, an appreciation of loose, maybe a resignation to the fact that loose is necessary and that loose will help us do more of what we're trying to do, get things on the page. Finished can be the enemy of verbosity, yes, even when it comes to your drawings. And feeling too constrained, too cramped can lead to shutting down the river of flow within you the freeform stream of creativity that really you want to at least be wading in. If you're really too tight, you're going to feel the drought. Ultimately, maybe not right away, there are going to be times when you look at that page and you're just like, I don't even have the energy to do something really polished. So I do all kinds of things and Illustrate Your Week, partly to always force myself to remember that it's just a journal. And that includes things like Practicing icons. I can't just draw something out of my head. So I pull up the object on Noun Project or something like that, and I might draw it a dozen different ways. Just trying to see, well, which one of these things do I like, how that works, and will maybe I be able to remember so that I can call upon this kind of image in the future. I just put those right next to the other things, next to the notes and next to the portraits, and just let it all play out. So I have things built in that I'm constantly doing that make me stay centered and and try to remind me not to be so tight, even though I still feel like I've ended up a little bit too tight. So I've been trying to figure out how to rebalance myself a little more. I think I've made some strides recently. I'm actively working on doing what I'm talking about, even as I'm sorting out the words. And there are contradictions. Some of it, I'm like, "Yep, not going to show you that page. But the more I have this conversation with myself, the more I see the problem. And sometimes when I just glance over at my journal sitting there throughout the day, I think, hmm, yeah, I do see it. Composition is part of it. Chronology or not for me is part of it. The sense of a finished page is definitely part of it. And then there are other things that go into this mindset that we each have that dictates what we put on a page, what we are trying to do, what we're comfortable showing, when we consider it done, what we feel our strengths are, how much we like to have on a page, what our personal aesthetic is, what our voice is, how our line unfolds, all of that. It all goes into what our pages look like. I am the art. The art is me. that is it for this show. And it is so, so long that somewhere along the way, I'm sure I'm going to decide to split it. And if you listened all the way through and the show does end up being split, I hope you'll go on to the next part. The 10 things will be in the next part. I appreciate you listening. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening to me talk through what I'm doing and hopefully think about what you're doing. And again, to those of you who do illustrate your week, thank you for playing along. And those of you who have joined drawing sessions, thank you for joining and drawing with me. It adds a lot to my week to be able to do that with other people. As always, I'm Amy. You can reach me at creativitymatterspodcast at gmail.com. The show notes are available on the creativitymatterspodcast.com website. The music I play is courtesy of Nikolai Heidlis. Thank you to those of you who support the show in any way, kofi or Patreon or the Amazon wishlist or any of those things. You can find me at Instagram as oamyoamy, oh oh and I have been sharing the illustrate your week prompts there. I also do run the creativity matters podcast group at Facebook, which is a very small group and we are mostly active on Sundays for Sunday coffee, but We're there all week long and I appreciate those of you who are in that group and a part of that really small supportive community. Until next time, remember that creativity matters in whatever form it takes for you. And don't forget to breathe. Have a good week, everyone.